welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host Leanne Hunt and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Well hello everybody and I hope you're all doing fine. Um, this is episode 14 of the Knitter Square podcast and I can't believe we're already in October and so far along. Uh, this year has been amazing and um, gosh we've we've been through some really difficult times but um, I think also some learning times and for me certainly being um, able to share this podcast with you is a big privilege and something that I didn't ever think I'd get to do so it's um, it's always been an ambition of mine to, to sort of be on, on in, in some kind of hosting capacity where I could be interviewing people and sharing with a wider audience and I, I really appreciate you listening. <laughs> anyway, um, as we are in October, I thought I'd just share a funny little story with you. Uh, as I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, I have two daughters and both of them live overseas. One of them is in Ireland and she's married and the other is in England. And um, Tammy, who lives in England, um, went on holiday recently to Cornwall with a couple of friends. They were staying in a um, a resort, actually a unit that I had booked for my sister and I to go and stay in to do some ancestor research. Um, but of course, with the lockdown and travel restrictions, we couldn't get there. So I said to Tammy that she could take a friend and go and enjoy the, um, the week of uh, holiday time herself. Uh, which was great. And then um, because I was so excited for her and her friends, uh, she eventually took a couple of friends. Um, I sent them a little voice message. I was I was almost tempted to do like a little podcast episode for them because I've been so inspired by the whole podcasting thing. Anyway, um, it was going to turn into too much trouble. So I eventually did a voice message on WhatsApp. Um, but I, I addressed it first of all to Tammy and then to her two friends and I said they they needed to do me a little favor and I said to them when Tammy and her sister were young uh, we would go on these long trips and the girls when they were little they would always ask how long we can you know how long is it going to take and when are we there and all that and so I had a, a little game that I played with them when I'd say to them okay now um, you need to look for four things and I'd say uh, maybe look for a bridge and a caravan and uh, a red car and a windmill, for example. And I give them a list of interesting things to look out for. And um, it would keep them occupied and they'd uh, do their little game. And once they'd, one of them had won it, then we'd set some new targets. What it did for them was it kept them very uh, occupied, of course. Uh, it also made them very observant, which is a gift that they've retained <laughs> into adulthood. And I'm very grateful for for myself, it actually was brilliant because I couldn't see details outside the car window. So they would say, oh, there's a windmill. And then I'd say, oh, tell me more. You know, and they'd say, well, it's sitting in the middle of a field and I think there's cows in the field. <laughs> and then we'd chat about that. So that was great. And I said to her, I said to the friends that um, because my sister and I were going to go to Cornwall to do some ancestry research uh, and my ancestors were there in the between 1850 and 1899, that's the period that I was researching, um, I wanted them to look out for special things. So I said to them, please, could you look out for things that would have been there between 1850 and 1899? So in particular, I'm going to ask you to look out for a, um, a stone 
sort of a milestone or or a signpost or something that was was a an ancient kind of roadway marker and I said to them please can you look out for a I said a windmill I think that was one of the things and um, a piece of ancient machinery that might have been around in the in the era of the tin miners because my great grandfather um, was involved with tin mining I think he was a blacksmith or his father was a blacksmith anyway but they would have been very involved with the tin mines and then um I think I might have said some, oh, I can't even remember what the other thing was, but perhaps a little stone bridge or something like that. Anyway, I sent this little message off to the girls and I said, please get Tammy to look out the window and tell you what she can see. And so she can be observant and tell me all about the trip in terms of the the sort of older features of the landscape. Not just not just the surfers at New Quay and the, <laughs> the ice cream sellers and all that kind of thing. I wanted to know the ancient stuff. So I heard back from them and they said, oh, they thoroughly enjoyed the voice message. It was great fun to listen to. And yes, they played the game. <laughs> so that was my um, experience of Cornwall this, this year. I didn't really um, have much more travel than that in terms of the overseas. But uh, what has been fun is chatting to overseas people. <laughs> and this this uh, episode, I had a lovely conversation with uh, Karen Gordon, who lives in the north of England, and I'm going to share that with you. Uh, she has some really interesting tips to share, and I think you'll enjoy uh, her lovely, relaxed style of chatting. So um, that's me and Karen Gordon coming up next. Hi Karen, it's lovely that you've joined me today and I believe you're in um, Durham in the north of England. I am, yes. Hello Leanne and everybody else. It's Karen here from the northeast of England. I live in a um, bungalow in the suburban area of the northeast of England, about half an hour from the border with Scotland and half an hour to the border on the east coast of the seaside. Lovely. is it mountainous where you are? I know Scotland is um, No, it's quite suburban. There's an awful lot of um, country landscape round about us, beautiful views, scenery. Um, we're about half an hour, so sort of a commuting town in, in Newcastle or Durham, mm. uh, which are popular places for people to live and not have to um, live on the doorstep of where they work in town. So yeah. we live in a small area, really, which is getting bigger as um, times progressed. Absolutely. Um, but it's suburban enough for me. <laughs> nice. And do you have, um, are you in a house or an apartment? What sort of accommodation do you stay in? I'm in a bungalow because mm-hmm. I have disability problems. I live with my husband and mm-hmm. a 17 year old son. And my mother lives in a bungalow next door, which lovely. I has done for four years since my father died, yes. which is lovely because I can keep an eye on her. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, mm-hmm. lovely. Well, that sort of gives us a picture of where, you're, where you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, tell us how you first found out about Knitter Square and when was that? Well, um, I've been able to knit from a really early age because of health problems. I was born with um, 
an orthopaedic problem which basically wasn't discovered until I was around three. So from the age of three I did spend an awful lot of time in hospital months and months at a time um, and in that environment my mother came in to visit obviously with knitting to sit and chat for hours mm -hmm. and both grandmas knit as well so they would come along with crocheting and knitting and I was encouraged really to be a practical girl yeah so from an early age I was involved with wool um, and I used to when I very first started work seeing it myself cotton tops to wear for work mm -hmm. um, and then I started on to something similar I could see you're wearing like an iron style cardigan yeah um, <laughs> But I'm a hot person and I was knitting things for myself and never wearing them. Of course. And I got to the point of thinking, why am I doing so much knitting that would mm. maybe sit in a bag unsewn up because I knew I would never wear it. Mm -hmm. So I looked for other avenues um, and I started doing something for the homeless in London and they asked us to stop. So I did basically a charity search for knitting that could be um, of value. And the Knit Square was basically one of the first ones that popped up on the search ah. but it appealed to me it appealed to me I hate the thought of the devastation of homelessness often mm. you know just mm. the situation that the children are in it just breaks my heart and mm. it just really appealed and I felt as if it was something that was achievable and that I could get a lot of feedback from the more I did so basically, it was a charity search on the internet that got me started. And that That's would nice. be about six years ago. Six oh, years right. I've been okay. doing um, knitting. Initially, I, I was involved on the site and enjoyed having a nose around. And I didn't speak. I didn't type. I didn't. I just was nosy. <laughs> and I just enjoyed seeing what other folk did. But then um, I started to take photographs of work that I'd done myself. And I mm. gained the courage to stick the odd one up. And um obviously a little bit of encouragement from other people and people showing an interest and I've just got gradually more and more involved and got more and more from it because of that. Absolutely and I see you a lot on the forum so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah very nice Karen um, mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you when you started um, so you obviously picked picked it up from literally a google search so that was you were all on your own at that stage yeah did you have a knitting group around you at the time doing other things or, or did you literally at the time, start off? Um, I basically knit for myself. It was just mm -hmm. a self-interest. Um, being being the, having health problems as I did um, and my friends, none of my friends knit. You know, as a, as a young girl, 20-year-old, people that I spent time with did sport. They went Absolutely. places. I was a little bit more limited. So in that regard, immediate people, except from my mother, uh, didn't knit. So mm -hmm. I, I was very much self-contained in that regard. But I was I was going to a local shop, buying enough wool for two, you know, two, three hundred grams to do some squares. Mm -hmm. And I was going back to the shop a few days later, which was ridiculous. I was spending more time going and I didn't like not having any wool. Yeah. So I started to buy more and more um, along the lines of looking online because it's really surprising how many people buy wool and never use it so they sell it oh. as new on these auction sites yeah. and I really um went overboard with how much I bought but I get a lot of pleasure and I never pay full price and to me I don't have any other vices so this is my yes. um company really um yes Mm -hmm. Karen, I'm well, going to stop you there because that really mm -hmm. is an interesting angle. Um, mm -hmm. you know, not all of, us, all of us know about the auction sites that you're talking about. Yes. Um, can you tell us I mean, what do you search for and 
how do how do they actually work? Well, the, basically, the uh, internet site I use is called eBay. I mean, it's quite common around mm-hmm. the world, but there is other ones. But eBay is my choice. And in them, um, the search category, I would maybe put. Uh, you could start off by just putting yarn mm-hmm. or wool. Um, but I was you tend to get more shop orientated yeah. positions then you maybe pay more if you put say mixed lots of wool mixed okay. lots of yarn remnants oddments quite a lot of people advertise um maybe half a ball of wool along with really? three or four of the different colors of half balls of wool as a yes. lot and to be honest i was buying maybe five six hundred grams worth of wool and paying less than a penny a gram for it in this grand scale of even including postage so i did find a bit of a shock myself how many people did buy wool and never used it so everything i buy is new i don't Mm -hmm. buy anything that's been pulled out Um, oh i see basically buying leftovers that if people have either bought a whole project's worth of wool for a garment and never started it or i've bought leftovers that people have had 25 grams of this 30 grams of that 110 left of this so sometimes it's whole balls sometimes it's half balls sometimes it can be unravelable mess that like they're just one shot of so Mm -hmm. um it's a wide variety but to be honest i just bought too much all at once (laughs) and but i I got a lot of pleasure from looking at it and thinking what can i do with that and then um asking your answering your original question um about three years ago we were traveling to an airport um during the night and at a junction we stopped and to the side was this banner knit and matter club mm-hmm. it was only an hour um, a mile and a half from my home i'd never seen or heard anything about it so i thought oh when we come back from our holidays i'm going to give that a go couldn't mm-hmm. find anything else about it online or in local newspapers but i just happened to turn up at the time and here i've met a lovely group of women um, most of them between 65 to 85 mm-hmm. there's 12 of us I think when we're all there and it's a little church group that just basically you can go along there's some girls do haberdashery some girls do crocheting some girls make nice. cards um, I'm basically the only one that knits absolutely all the time <laughs> well, <then this laughs> quite a lot of the girls make a lot of crochet items oh, you right. know and I've okay. never been I've never taken to crochet as a proper hobby i've tried it and it's not for me Mm. because you have to watch what you're doing and i prefer to be able to chat to somebody across Mm -hmm. the room and look at them or watch the television and i don't need to follow a pattern and Mm. i just find knitting far more suitable for me and i like the variety i've always got five six things on the go at the same time so for traveling in the car I'll take something small like hand warmers and just do the knit to oh, yeah. rib in a car journey. Um, but if I'm, I'm going to be away for longer, it maybe be a hat, you know, something mm. like that. So I, I'm notorious for taking wool and knitting wherever I go if it's more than five <laughs> miles in the car. Yeah, I like I like doing that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm mm-hmm. just so enthralled by your idea of of getting this um, this uh, wool from from eBay. And then mm-hmm. stashing it up, because that must give you such a variety of colors and things to mix and match. And that I would imagine that's yeah. very inspiring. Oh, it is. I've got mountains. It's ridiculous. I mm. have a, an ottoman in the lounge. I have a table, which is like a coffin size with a lid on the top, which must be half full. Then yeah. I have a box of wool in the loft that I have to ask permission or help 
from somebody to get down because it's out of the way. And mm. that basically is new, new wool that I've bought. It's bald yes. and it's maybe 500 grams set. Yes. Um, so I tend to keep oddments more to easy reach. So I can do a lot of stripes. Mm-hmm. Or um, recently we've just had the ABC one, two, three themes. And I was doing yes. a lot of dots and circles with small amounts. Nice. Um, so I do like a variety and I'm always thinking about the next thing I'm going to start when I'm doing something at the time <laughs> yes. because I'll maybe think, oh, this yellow is nice. I could do with maybe some black in it. So I'll look for some black yes. and I'll see a big load of blue and I think, oh, right, next I'll do. And mm-hmm. I've always, always got a rolling idea in the that. back of my mind. And the themes as well. We'll have monthly themes on the uh, forum. Mm-hmm. And I do find that at the moment, we're doing Gardener's Delight, which is for October, where yes. I'm already looking into November and thinking, oh, it's happy faces. And you start, uh, when I look at my stash, yes. I do think, oh, that's appropriate for that. I could try this. Absolutely. And it's very experimental, but I get a lot from that. I yeah. do get a lot from trying something new, really. I love to uh, to mooch on the forum and get inspiration and ideas because there's so many clever talented women posting ideas and the time and hours that must go into these things sometimes you think i'll give that a whirl and see how it goes sometimes you can be successful and never show anybody sometimes it can work out and you can (laughs) feel so chuffed with yourself that was a canny little job i'm going to post that and Mm -hmm. feedback and encouragement among well, yeah, and, and posting the pictures really does work. I, I know, mm-hmm. um, I, um, I, as the members know, I, I can't see well, so I can't see the photos mm-hmm. that are posted. But, you mm-hmm. know, I love to read the comments because they'll mm-hmm. say, for example, gosh, what a lovely uh, design you've done there out of such nice blue and yellow or something. And then, mm-hmm. you know, somebody will say that was a really clever design and um I, I just find that it, it, it's incredibly inspiring hearing the members um, encouraging each other and throwing out. I get, as, uh, I get as much out of giving a compliment as I do mm. receiving one. You know, oh, I like yes. to think that wool you've used, Patricia, is lovely. Where did you buy it? Absolutely. You know, and I do as well. Uh, it's a worldwide international thing. There's girls from Croatia. There's mm-hmm. girls from the Netherlands, Australia. Everybody has their own little tag on how they can do something, yes. a style, yes. uh, a style of stitch. It, it's just really opened my eyes from just doing knit one, pearl one, or um, rib. You know, Absolutely. it's I've tried a lot since um, looking at other people's work. Really, mm. you know, it means a lot when people say yeah. something nice. But I do like to compliment other people. Oh, definitely, <laughs> and those comments <laughs> really count. Mm-hmm. And Karen, you you hosted the um, the the September monthly theme. Am I right? I did. Yes, it was ABC one two three. Mm-hmm. And initially, earlier in the year, we tend to think at this time of the year what we might do for themes from January onwards and put suggestions forward. Um, maybe five or six people get together and say, oh, I'll, I'll host, I'll host. So looking at the themes, you're given the opportunity between us to pick one or two. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the year, I did Opposites Attract, which was yes. basically, you think of black and white. Yes. Um, you think of doing 50-50 squares. Yes. So that idea appealed to me. Yeah. Um, and then this year, this month just gone was ABC, one, two, three. Um, and earlier in the year, I bought in the same eBay site, some appliques for letters earlier Ooh. in the year. 
Yeah. Nice. So I had the appliques ready from earlier in the year. Um, and then numbers, once you start to think about them earlier in the year, I was thinking there's a clock face, there's mm -hmm. a dice. Mm -hmm. uh, all these different ideas come up with dominoes and just try Ooh. something, you know, and see if it works. So it is nice to think a little bit earlier when you are the host. So you're prepared Definitely. and ready to give somebody else just a little bit of an idea. There must be so many people who are members of Knitter Square that don't ever comment or post a photograph. But it's nice to think that they're probably having a little peruse Absolutely. and picking up on something and thinking, I'm going to try that and see if it works just for themselves, even if they never show anybody else. Mm -hmm. And you can tell looking at the um, the barn photographs when they're mm -hmm. opening the parcels um, that people are joining in and not posting, Definitely. which is fine. Some yes. folk don't have access to posting and taking photographs. Yes. Uh, and, but it and is obvious. Yeah, as you say, when you started, you didn't post your own. So there's a, an I element didn't. of confidence and, you know, maybe you're shy. You sort of feel like you, you, you're a newbie at all this. Um, but That's once right. you become more confident, then you mm -hmm. start to post. So I'm sure there's lots of new members. I know. If you haven't had an issue at all, somebody can give you a hand. Somebody mm -hmm. can give you an advice. You just need to message somebody or ask on open forum, how do you Absolutely. do this? I can't manage. Somebody somewhere will take a photograph of how to do sure. a stitch and mm. show you properly or guide you in the idea of where to go online to find something else. So there's a massive information and friendship out there. And I've had a lot of uh, pleasure from uh, meeting people through Australia and America just through yeah. wool. And I don't get it on my doorstep apart from me knitting that, you know, it's, it's opened up a world to us that um, means a lot to us. It really does. Yeah, for really sure. Does. Mm -hmm. Karen, can mm -hmm. you repeat the name of that website where you got the um, the one, two, three, and ABC? Uh, eBay, A B A Y. It's easier. Oh, oh, is it also eBay? Okay, yes, yes. eBay. Um, yeah. I, I thought you said something else. Okay, so mm -hmm. we if, when you it, go to mainline shops, you you can get these things, but you mm. tend to find you pay a little bit more. But online, the choice can just pop up in front of you and it's easy. It's just there. It comes yeah. in the mail quite quickly. Um, okay. And being disabled, I don't I don't go to shops. So it suits me to uh, put in appliques on eBay as a search and you just can get open. Somebody like Bev in Australia, mm -hmm. Bev Jeffrey, she uses a lot of appliques um, and they're yeah. beautiful. She's at the moment, and she's doing numbers and... Yeah. Um, putting animals on three horses and koala bears and you know flags and mm. there's so many it can just just give you that little bit of a inspiration uh, yeah. by putting one word in the ab <laughs> yeah and i didn't know about about uh, looking for appliques there so excellent mm -hmm. idea so mm -hmm. that's right mm -hmm. karen are you um happy to talk a little bit about your disability and like oh yes yes tell us no about problem that. at all um when i was born i was having difficulty to walk from about the age of two and a half to three parents realized my balance wasn't very good uh through uh x-rays and visits to hospital they realized i had both hips dislocated and not only were they dislocated they were, they were badly shaped as well they weren't mm. in the right place or the right shape 
So from the age of probably three onwards, I was in hospital a lot and had plaster casts on from under my armpits with my legs splayed open and a bar in between, like a really heavy cast. So I lay on my back an awful lot in hospital like that. Mm. Or I spent months in hospital um, on traction, which is like a weighted form of pulling your joints down. So I was in like... um, a flat position there again with my mm. legs being pulled didn't bother mm. me didn't really know any different as a child but mm. I spent a lot of time in hospital trying to sort this out mm. didn't go to mainstream school until I was about seven yeah. um, I was homeschooled um, and encouraged to be practical basically mm. um, but since then over the years once my bones had developed a little bit I have had um, invasive surgery um, quite a few times uh, when I was 18 was the main one. I'd had a fall. I was at college and had a fall and I needed surgery. And I was in hospital for nine weeks as an 18-year-old girl, which was oh, horrible. Really? Yeah, it was a long time. I was in bed. I had this traction um, and I was knitting. Um, and somebody, one of the nurses, I think, said, have you tried crochet? And I says, no. Should I bring you in some wool? Because she came in with a shopping bag full of remnants. <laughs> and she taught me how to do a very basic granny square. Yeah. Um, and other nurses brought wool in as well. So yes. I had all this wool. I was in for all this time. By the end of it, I'd made my dog... Um, uh, granny square blanket <laughs> that was black around the edges and yeah. all brightly colored and nice. um, it's the one thing I can remember that was pleasant about being in hospital for mm-hmm. the length of time and when I got out of hospital I used this blanket for my dog um, and folk would be attracted to sit on the dog's chair because of this blanket yeah I thought, you know what it is it's that wall it's the bright bright colors and one thing and yeah. another so since then I have worked I was um, a medical secretary for quite a while mm-hmm. um, until I had another fall and needed really quite invasive surgery mm-hmm. which was a hip replacement on one side mm-hmm. uh, I had to stop working at that stage which was 20 years ago and since then I've had spinal surgery because of a nipped nerve which was a lumbar uh, fusion and then I've had another hip replacement on the same side for the right so at the minute I'm not particularly mobile mm. but my life uh, I've been able to have a child nice um, good and I live a life with an understanding family that don't push me too far um, into doing anything that um, causes me too much pain but I do need a certain amount of movement you know mm. so at the minute I am restricted but not down by any means about it it's just how things go I don't want to end up in a, a wheelchair too young so I do mm. tend to be cautious about where I go and what I do but oh, knitting yeah. is my saviour because it helps me sit still um, without thinking about a, a pain in my neck or a pain mm. in my hip or mm. it, it's a distraction that is welcome because sitting still isn't mm. a, a, a nice option you know it just suits me yeah, and I I can really relate to you. I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic thing for somebody whose mobility is limited, and of course, mm-hmm. w- with me, I'm also limited. I can't drive and things, but mm-hmm. I I find that it's particularly nice because you know that you're doing something that is it's not only therapeutic and um, productive for yourself, but you are actually mm-hmm. doing something for a cause, and it's nice to be involved, like you say, in a community. So it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, the creation side of it, uh, I can sit and knit from the minute I get up on a morning 
all day, mm-hmm. you know, but I shouldn't. Yeah. I do need to do other things. But sometimes <laughs> you turn around at six o'clock at night and see that the yeah. squares are mounting up and you haven't topped the tail <laughs> them and yeah. sewn in the ends. And by the end of a week, it's it's a weekly scrabble to tidy everything up so I can start again the next day. It's um, I will be lost without it, to be honest, yeah. isn't it? Every day. And and what Uh do you do while you knit? Um, Do you chat on the telephone or watch TV or what? I'm not a one for sitting on the telephone as it goes. (laughs) I do like the television, but Mm -hmm. to be honest, I can sit quite quietly with nothing else except my thoughts and my knitting sometimes Mm. when there's nobody else in. I do like a bit of solitude with that. Yes. Um, and I do get a lot of pleasure from my weekly group that I go to, and it's a mess at the moment because we're just not seen each other since March spoken on the phone very briefly and Mm. some of the ladies are widowed and in their 80s and you tend to think they must be lonely and lost and um, it's a Mm. long time now to to be restricted with this virus but in the next breath we'll have to do as we're told Mm. so it's it's hard Mm-hmm. Actually, that sort of brings to mind, I, I belong to a knitting group as well, and mm-hmm. also many um, elderly retired sort of people who are living on their own. Um, but what I did was when when lockdown began, uh, we have WhatsApp, um, which is, I suppose, one of the yes messaging services. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we use it a lot. But you yeah. can make a little WhatsApp group with a few people. So I set up a WhatsApp group with um, three other people from my knitting group and we just continued on a Wednesday morning at 11 o'clock. We have a call and we chat yes. for about an hour and we knit. <laughs> yes, that's lovely. It's re- it really works well. And of course, WhatsApp, it doesn't use a lot of data and it's um, very cheap. And, you know, I um, we, we just make sure that we're in a quiet place. We get our tea and biscuits and whatever and we sit together on the phone <laughs> and that's a-, a lovely idea i hadn't thought about actually yeah. speaking sometimes i've messaged at 10 o'clock mm. on our little group and mm. said it's 10 o'clock on a wednesday this is the 27th time we haven't met you know you yeah. don't think absolutely um, it's just a it, it's a, a it concerns me that i haven't seen one or two of them um you know and I, yeah I'm the youngest and I'm the, I'm the fun mm-hmm. one, you know, I'm the one that comes in with silly stories and um, yeah. it bothers me that, that it's just such a long time, isn't mm-hmm. it? For this I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that, that you could do fairly easy as long as those people mm-hmm. are um, adept at using things yes. like WhatsApp. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's really your own, the, the only limitation. And then you could sort of say, well, every, in my case, it's Wednesday at 11 um, mm-hmm. you know, just, it's a set thing. We just, we just call it. Well, given the time difference, that's the same as ours. Cause I was as mm-hmm. Wednesday at 10 o'clock. So it, well, <laughs> basically nice? over all these years <laughs> done something together as if yeah. I'm with you at 10 yeah. o'clock on a Wednesday. Oh, for that's me. Special. <laughs> My husband and son both run uh, a mm-hmm. lot and we go to a lot of race meetings and spend time in the car going to things. Of course, at the moment that is none, but because WhatsApp's good for telephone, um, taking photographs. Mm. It's lovely to send them a picture uh, online of what my husband's taken of sheep oh, in a field, marvelous. of cows, of the geese off flying, the emigrate, yes. uh, migrate. Um, what else has he had? There's waterfalls, beautiful waterfalls that he, he's able to take a tiny bit of film and that WhatsApp mm. message goes to the girls to say, you might be sitting at home, you know, but look, here's a nice sunny day Lovely. in the, the reservoir or 
Um, and of course, my knitting. <laughs> I'm changing my knitting that regularly. I'm posting something every few days to say, nice. oh, that's finished now. I'm going to start this. So I'm trying to encourage them. Yes. Uh, it's just a mess when I haven't seen them for so long. For sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you mentioned earlier how you um you uh, sort of get to the end of the day and you realized you haven't um sewn in your threads or or mm -hmm. butterflied them or whatever what what is your your routine your practice for that do you do it when you finish um, every square or well at the moment being honest i have five things on needles uh mm -hmm. and i have two things with a friend who's bordering things uh, I was given a big bag of chunky wool and I'm not keen on that. So I decided to do a few all-in-one blankets with that because one, they're okay. quick. Yeah. Uh, two, I could handle them quite easily and get them off my chest. Mm -hmm. So I've had um, chunky blankets on the go, which have been all-in-one, which I've given to a friend to border okay. a crochet border around the edges. Then I'm doing uh, red, green, yellow and blue, which is, um, I'm thinking of primary colours to finish off the coloured, um, the teaching ABC, one, two, three colours. Yes. Uh, okay. I came across that and thought, oh, I'll do those. Mm -hmm. So I've done two of those, but then I've seen something else and thought, oh, that <laughs> looks nice for the garden delight. So I'm doing a green, white and uh, yellow, which I'm going to make into like daisy style squares for the garden delight. So I'll Very knit two nice. of those and then... Oh, uh, I've got a huge bag of remnants that I always have on the go, which is leftovers from previous projects. 10 grams and under, I put it in a bag. And then every now and again, the bag or box gets too big. So I'll do, I'll do five rows with that colour and change to another colour to use up yes. some remnants. Very and then nice. once yes. a month or so, I'll go through and top and tail and sew in the ends. So sometimes I make blankets. Sometimes I do squares. Mm. Um, I've stopped doing hats because we didn't need so many for a while. Mm. Um, and I do like to have the differing weights of things. So that when it comes to doing parcels up, you've got an option to add a few squares that are loose to make the weight oh, up to yeah. full, you know? So, and then I've got a friend, um, there's two of them making toys and they're handy to stick in to, to make the parcel weights right as well. So I tend mm. to have masses all at once and then have a, a mass, uh, posting yes splurge to get yes. shot of it and then um start something else <laughs> so i'm very much like i'll do a little bit of that a little bit of this then i'll go back to that then i'll go back to this um i dot about i don't That's stick great. to one thing and finish it <laughs> pretty much like me <laughs> um yeah. but it, it sounds like the uk ladies are quite clever at um you, you you pay a certain amount for say two kilograms and then you stuff right. your box as full as you can with exactly two kilograms that, that's that how right it works. yes yeah. Yes, it is. It's two kilograms for us mm. um, is the best value. It's not worth sticking in just one blanket, you know, you're paying over the odds for uh, the collection as well in South yeah. Africa. So, which I think is terrible. Mm. It really annoys me that a charity has oh. to pay to collect mail. Yeah. Um, so I do tend to have different weights of things sitting about that I can stick in to make mm. it as near the two kilograms like as possible. Idea. But sometimes I'm going to the the post office with six kilograms which is three parcels all at the same time yes yes <laughs> because of the amount i have lying around yeah <laughs> i've got to say that i really do appreciate all the volunteers and the services they you know the sacrifices they must make to keep that barn going mm. listening to i think it was lindy talking about the journeys that they've oh, had yes. to make and the length of time they've taken to travel yeah. in 
each other born um it's a massive commitment and um it's appreciated i yeah. love to have a nosy on the barn section and yes. there's nothing nicer than seeing your own thing sitting on a table there Isn't you know it's nice? arrived it's safe it's there but then mm. if you see marion davies squares i'm as pleased for her yeah. seeing her things as i am for seeing my own so the <laughs> that is given and the time that is given to feedback Absolutely. to us girls who do knit mm-hmm. to see your own uh, creations and somebody have taken time mm. to to post a photograph to, to say to somebody look this has yeah. arrived isn't it beautiful it means a lot yeah. and it, I just have to mention that I think Estelle, Rhonda, uh, Mabel, yourself, Bernard you know everybody I just think it's mm-hmm. amazing that Yes, I've got well, that commitment, and I imagine it being a right good old proper chatter fest when you're there on when the, we're uh, there. Days. Yes, because yeah, yeah. We, we haven't been able to sort of meet on a Tuesday as we usually do for many months now, but mm-hmm. um, the uh, the barn is open from time to time, and I know that uh, Estelle was there with Audrey and a couple of others this last yes. week. And then I'm sure they do chat, you know, catch up on mm. everything. But it, I do know also that they work jolly hard. And sometimes I um, I would go around with a with my phone and try and get some interviews, you know. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they'd say to me, "Well, I can't really chat now. I'm trying to count squares, or I'm trying yeah. to sort of, <laughs> you know." Yeah, yeah. So I know that it's it it really does take some concentration because the the squares uh, when when you you're matching squares for a blanket, you're looking at the texture and the size and the color scheme and everything. The organization must be key. So you've got things yeah. ready for the girls who come in. They're not a square girls. I haven't mentioned Absolutely. them, you know, mm. um, to, to provide these blanket packs for these children. And yeah, uh, it's just amazing. I think you're all fab. And I'm sorry if I've missed anybody's name out because you're all, <laughs> well, we, we all, all know together. who we are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. it, it is appreciated basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I really do think yeah. for the length of time the charity's been going, it's mm. just great. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> and I think this COVID time has been a very big challenge, but the, the mm-hmm. fact that we've, um, you know, kept everything running and that the mm-hmm. members have continued to contribute squares and knit even when mm-hmm. they couldn't post and you know, and the distributions have, have continued even yep. with um, uh, restrictions on movement and that. So yep. it's, it's amazing, but it just really is testing. And so folk to... can it still kind of post anything, you know, they must have yeah. stuff sitting around the house that's been there for ages, but it doesn't stop you from wanting to do more when you're a yeah. busy handed person, you cannot yeah. stop just because there's a big pile already done. You just keep going. Mm. You do just keep going. You know, I just, it devastates me the numbers of children that, um, are desperate in this fire that's just been yeah. recently in a settlement and oh, just, yeah. I cannot imagine being homeless to start with mm. never mind um, not have parents and a loving family mm. and a toy to play with you know so um, I feel as if we can make a little bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. So many of them don't haven't owned anything before, and now that's this is right, their first thing, have they? You know, it just breaks your heart. It really does. And this day and age, that, thing that oh, there's so many of them as well. You've got to try. You've got mm. to try and keep going. You know. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to get upset. I'm trying not to, but it, yeah, it's just <laughs> devastating. It really is. Yeah. So. <laughs> So Karen, what's what's next on on your uh, schedule? I know you say you've got lots lots of knitting and stuff ahead. 
Um, have you, are you going to be hosting another discussion, another monthly theme coming? Right, we're having um, discussions behind the scenes between a few of us moderating about what to do for next year. So the mm. themes for next year haven't been sorted out yet, but for the okay. time being, uh, the moment it's Gardener's Delight, and then I think we have put on a happy face and then we have leftover month where you use bits and bobs clear the decks get your get your bags emptied and sorted out so you can have a fresh start for january but as yet the themes for next year haven't been even put forward mm. or decided so uh, we'll just have to see i just think that the themes can be motivational and inspirational if you're looking at something or even if you went to buy things in the shop you could mm. see something appropriate in a shop that would suit rainbows or yeah. you know it's um i think it's nice to have in the background but it's not imperative that you follow and, no. and get involved it's a choice isn't it so and it's nice and, to have as an option definitely and of course the the themes don't always reach us at the barn concurrently so it's not like we can make a batch no. of spring blankets sometimes you're knitting uh, christmas designs in april so that by the time you finish them and they get in the mail yes they've got time to sew them up for christmas i do understand that yeah. it is a bit where you think yeah. about santa claus at the end of march but yeah. it's just how time scale works and yeah. some but people I, knit slower I, than others as well of course there's not many mm. prolific people i must do two three four squares a day some days you know mm. and some Marvelous. folk can take a fortnight and it hat it just yes. it doesn't matter it's no. all about just doing what you can you know and it's time it's experience because you've been knitting for many many years okay <laughs> yes it becomes right. almost it. like uh something that's like muscle memory you don't even have to think it's just i don't mm. i don't i can look at something and think i'll give that a go mm. <laughs> nice that's nice it yeah. is nice but i do understand that folk need encouragement and help and you can take yourself back to basics and and help anybody with anything mm. with with regard to wool you know I'm yeah. in awe of anybody that can do anything crochet wise. So um, it just works for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. Well, Karen, it's lovely to chat to you and so nice to hear your voice. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've got a much better picture of who you are now. <laughs> and I know you, uh -huh, busy <laughs> you, you, you said you said your accent would be difficult to understand. I haven't found it difficult to understand. Um, okay. And I hope the others haven't, uh, the people listening. But um, okay. you, you, you describe beautifully what you're up to and uh, thank you for your inspiration and, and also your very good ideas on what to get on eBay. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> yes, our eBay queen. Thanks yes. a lot for your time, Pertly, yes. and I really enjoyed the chat. Thank you. Great. Thanks, okay. Karen. Bye, bye bye for now. Bye. Bye. Well, weren't there some lovely ideas that Karen shared with us? I must say, I was very inspired by her idea of sending off to eBay for appliques. And I think I might do that myself, even though I'm not very good at sewing things on. But um, I think some nice happy faces would be lovely for that uh, put on a happy face theme. And um, possibly, I'm not sure if I can get them locally here in South Africa, but if I can, it would be nice to be able to buy them from someone local and then get someone to sew them on for me, and then I could participate in that theme. Anyway, it's a wonderful idea, and I hope that you take advantage of it too. It should be fun. 
And then I wanted to also thank those of you who have sent donations specifically for another distribution um, like the one we did at Jikaja recently. Um, you'll have been following Athelay's uh, news on the forum and on Facebook. And um, those of you who listened to the interview I did with her on our last podcast episode will remember how moved she was um, just by the the difficulties that the children were undergoing. And of course, they've had fires there too. So um, if you want to make a donation, uh, there is a donate button on the uh, Nettle Square website, or you can do it uh, through the, the, the shop um, on the Facebook page. But um, when you do click the button, there'll be various options, and you can also include a little message to say where you'd like your donation to go. And Rhonda um, makes notes of all that and tries to accommodate you. So thanks for those people who have... Um, supported us in that way and also just for the emails with all your lovely warm messages um i think that's all from me for today and um we'll be joining each other again in november so i look forward to that and happy knitting everybody this is leanne hunt casting off you can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.